I can see so many of you on Zoom, and so I've always wanted to come to your house so I can see the slippers there, I can see the blankets, and uh, you are all just chilling, having your coffee, waving, I'm waving right back. And this is one of the great benefits of this season that I get to come. There's over 300 watch parties happening all over the place, and I get to come to your house, so that is just like phenomenal. And Nick and I are just so pumped to be here. We love, we, we, you're having a mutual admiration society here with Pastor Levi and Jenny and us. And um, because it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing when you genuinely love people, like genuinely. And we do genuinely love each other. You ought to thank God that you're planted in this house under such great leadership. Because I travel the world and not everyone is as awesome as your pastors. And they are. So you all can be seated. Um, you know, all of you guys, I'm watching you on the watch parties. You're already seated, sitting coffee. But I do want you to know that the very few of us that are here, uh, very socially distanced, uh, have been standing that entire time. So I don't want to convict you of anything, but, um, <laughs> but I'm glad. I, when, when Jenny asked me to come and um, speak at Flourish, I was like almost already on an airplane. In fact, I have to tell you, I think I actually invited myself. So I have to confess this because my very best friend in the whole world, Lisa Harper, was in this house very recently. And Lisa and Missy came during the summer, unlike me, right? So, she, and Lisa was sending me videos of her jumping off cliffs into the lake and all of the beauty of Montana. And so, of course, Lisa and I are a little bit competitive. So I'm thinking if she can jump off the cliff, I can jump off the cliff. So I thought, you know, I, I, that's how I invited myself. I texted your pastors and said, I don't know why you invited my friend Lisa and not me. And so anyway, that's how we ended up here, how I, I ended up here. And then I get here and there's a blizzard. Like, I don't know what is up with you all. And so Lisa calls me this afternoon. She's like, are you jumping into the ice? I'm like, no. So anyway, that's kind of where it all happened now. And there's very little I love more. And then speaking to a bunch of chicks all over the world. So I don't even know what time zone some of you are in. But I believe that the Lord's got a word for us. You know, as we've all realized in 2020, uh, there are no throwaway days. There are no throwaway Sundays. That's why you always want to be online, in church, in person, however it is that you want to be. Just uh, position yourself because we're in critical times. And the fact that right here on a Tuesday night, we've got chicks from all over the place that are connected in. There's just something about receiving the word of God together. There's something about me reading and you receiving and the Holy Spirit. I don't know how it works, but that's why God's God and I'm not. But he does something in that moment that brings the word alive. And as, as, a, as a whole sisterhood together, as a, we're going to move forward and we're going to learn tonight how to flourish at a new level. The one thing in 2020, I've learned that God still wants us to flourish in the midst of a global pandemic. I want you to know that it is possible, that what is impossible with man is possible with God. With God, all things are possible and nothing is impossible with God. And, you know, we've had a, a, a year like everybody else. And, you know, we've got a 21 officers, 22 officers in 18 countries around the world. And I said right at the very outset, day one of this pandemic, when we all went into lockdown, and it's, it's quite an interesting thing leading a global organization with everybody on lockdown. And there was a couple of things I said to them right at the outset. I said, I'm really excited, of which my team thought I was very weird. So you will, you will think the same thing tonight. And um, I said, because this is your opportunity to learn to lay a hold of God and the faithfulness of God. I said, see, Nick and I, we're okay. Because we started this when there was nothing. So we know that God 
can make the impossible possible. We already know that God can come through and do what is not possible. I said, but you've been kind of in the slipstream of our faith. So this is now your opportunity to get your own faith. Because the problem is with the generation that came after Joshua, Joshua had come out of Egypt. Joshua had lived in the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb had seen God provide manna from heaven. They'd seen God do signs and wonders and miracles for 40 years. The Bible says they didn't have to get new clothes or new shoes. Pretty boring for a chick. But anyway, that's what it was like then. They saw the River Jordan push back. They saw the walls of Jericho come down. They had possessed all of Canaan. And then the Bible says, when that generation died, when Joshua and his generation died, another generation arose that did not know the Lord nor the work he had done for Israel. And see, we don't want to be a generation that just does mighty exploits in our generation. We want a generation to lay a hold of the faithfulness of God, the miracles of God, so that we can ensure that in our nation and wherever you're watching us from all over the world, that we leave a legacy of faith on the earth. And so that's what all this is about. And so I said to them, you're going to get your faith. And then I said, the other thing we're going to be in the book of Zechariah, the Bible talks about us returning to your stronghold, which we in our case as New Testament believers would be Jesus, you prisoners of hope. And I said to our whole team everywhere, you feel like a prisoner. And, and in some nations like Bulgaria, they could not leave their apartment. We had staff, you know, married couples with four kids under eight in a two-bedroom apartment in the middle of Sofia, Bulgaria, could not leave there. That You had to text the police to be given a number for permission for one person to leave for one hour to go to the store and back. I mean, it was another level of quarantine. And I said, so a lot of us feel like we're in prison right now. And in 2020, some of us have felt that way. But you get to choose. We don't get to choose maybe our prison, but we get to choose to be the type of prisoner that we're going to be. And in the book of Zechariah, he says, I'm going to be a prisoner of hope. And I already made up my mind. And I told our team, I said, I'm going to get through 2020 by the grace of God with an A+. I'm going to be a prisoner of hope. I'm not going to be a prisoner of disappointment. I'm not going to be a prisoner of disillusionment. I'm not going to be a prisoner of despair. I'm going to be a prisoner of hope. So I'm watching you. Some of you wave hankies right there in the Zoom room. I knew that you were Pentecostals at heart. There you go. And so I'm, I'm watching. You can wave whatever you want. And so the fact is that I've come to speak some faith, right, where you are. I'm going to uh, believe that through the Word of God that we're going to learn how to flourish even in a season like this, which is fantastic. So I want you to turn. We're going to go to the Old Testament. 1 Kings 17, and you know, you, you know we're getting serious at Flourish when we pull out Old Testament kings. Like You're like, whoa, okay, that's awesome. We're going to go jump right in uh, to verse, where am I? Verse 9. The Bible says, and we're talking here, the, then the word of the Lord came to him, and of course we're talking about Elijah here, and the word of the Lord came to him, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and he said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I might drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and he said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now... I am gathering a couple of sticks that I might go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we might eat it and die. So as you can see, this was a highly motivated woman. This is a woman that was full of faith, and she was about to cook her last meal. She's like, you know what? Um, I don't have enough for you. I've just got enough, just barely enough here, and we're going to just like prepare this and then die. And then Elijah said to her, do not fear and do as you have said. 
But first, wherever you are, wherever you are, I can see a whole lot of you on, in living rooms and on couches, but I bet you some of you are running on a treadmill. Others of you are like in a bath. Don't show me that one. And I bet you there's a whole lot going on because I know chicks because I've been on the other side of that screen for most of this year just like you. So you got to know that we are so aware of where you are. But where you are, I want you to say out loud, but first, because we're going to be talking a lot about what it means to put God first. But first, make me a little cake and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many years. The jar of flour was not spent. Neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. I mean, this story is awesome. And as soon as Jenny asked me, you know, to come and speak tonight, I, this, this text dropped into my heart. Because from this text, we're going to learn that God has always, always, always used highly unlikely women in highly unlikely places and given them highly unlikely instructions to get a highly unlikely result. I'm here in the middle of Montana. I'm in your living room, wherever I am across the country and across the world. But I want you to know today that in 2020, in the midst of one of the most cray-cray years in modern history, cray-cray in every realm, economically, politically, socially, morally, physically, environmentally, there's not a realm of society that has not been impacted by by the cray-crayness of this year. And a lot of us can feel overwhelmed. A lot of us can feel defeated. A lot of us can feel like, what difference can I make? How can I, not only how can I flourish, how on earth do you expect me to want anyone else to flourish? I am the most unlikely person that God could use. But I want you to know there's a precedent in Scripture that God has always used. Highly unlikely people in highly unlikely places, given them highly unlikely assignments, and has produced a highly unlikely result. It is all that God has ever done. So of course here at the beginning of the text, I love this, it occurs during the reign of King Ahab. And um, you know what the Bible says in, in 1 Kings 16.30 that this king goes down in history as the one that did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. Imagine being recorded in the Bible as the dude that did the most evil in the eyes of the Lord than any other king before him. So they were not living in great times. They were living in times of great injustice and evil. Now, here's the interesting thing about King Ahab. He was married to this interesting chick called Jezebel. So I just want you to know, we have got a recipe for destruction right here. We've got the most evil king with a really interesting chick. And so there's a lot of real evil stuff going down in the midst of all of this. Now, they, of course, worshipped Baal, the, the God, and so they were worshipping foreign gods. I mean, there was just immorality. There was just iniquity. There was injustice. I mean, just think, it, it sounds a lot like 2020. A lot of false gods being worshipped, a lot of iniquity, a lot of injustice, a lot of immorality. I mean, this is just what it was like. And so what happened was that Elijah went to the king to say, look, there's not going to be any rain. Until I say so. Now, that's, that's pretty, you want to be sure of that prophetic word if you're going to go to the king and start declaring that. But here is what the Lord did. God basically used an extremely unlikely woman in an extremely unlikely place 
to do a really, really unusual thing that produced a very, very unlikely result. And I want you to understand that now very scientific, rational, empirical, postmodern, post-Christian, post we're so posted, we're in orbit, you know, we're post everything. We're so post that God still is looking for really unlikely chicks in really unlikely places to, that will be willing to do really unlikely things that will yield a really unlikely result. And so he says to him, I want you to go to Zarephath. He sent him to a, to a really unlikely place. Now, Zarephath, I want you to know, that's, that's where Jezebel was from. The actual word Zarephath means a smelting place, a place of testing. So the unlikely place that the Lord sends Elijah is to Zarephath, the place that Jezebel is from, the epicenter of Baal worship. God didn't send him to the Bible Belt. God didn't send him to the most comfortable place where he would be accepted, where it would be easy, where there would be no demonic forces, where there was no foreign gods. He sent him into the epicenter of darkness, into the epicenter of depravity, into the epicenter of where people are lost. See, that's where God always sends us. It is highly unlikely. You think, God, there ought to be a better place than the place that I am right now. And God says, no, 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 I'm sending you into that place of darkness to be light. And that place where God sends us, that most unlikely place, our Zarephath, I'll tell you where our Zarephath is for each and every one of us. It's wherever you are right now. That is the most unlikely place. See, a lot of us, we think God is going to use us when we get somewhere over there. When we get to that place, man, when, when, when I graduate, when I get that degree, when I get that, that postgrad degree, when I get married or when he dies, you know, whatever it might be, it might be just like when, when, when. And we're all waiting for that one day when, when I'm in another place, when my situation has changed. When my material condition has changed, when my relational situation has changed, when my environment has changed, we always think one day, when I get there. Now, here's the problem, girls. When we get there, guess where we are? Here. There is no there. Because every there becomes a here. And so while we're waiting to get there, we're negating here not understanding when we get there, we're only ever here. So if we did here, what we're supposed to do here, then we're going to get there. And when we get there, it's going to be here anyway. So you've only ever got here. You'll get that by breakfast tomorrow. See, a lot of you are looking at you like, Chris Cade, man, if I could just get there. Man, if I had just had a global ministry, or I was running a global anti-traffic, or if I was just, do, once I got there. Well, you say I'm there, but I'm here. I don't know where, I'm not there, I'm here. But you're there. I'm looking at you, you're there. And you're like, Chris, I'm not there, I'm here. That's right. Because you're here is by there, you're there is by here. So we're all only ever here. So what the enemy will always do is try to devalue your here. He'll always try to make you think that wherever your here is, that it's unimportant. That wherever your here is, it's, it's too hard, that God couldn't possibly use you there. But I'm here to tell you that we're only ever here. I only ever started serving God here. I started driving 14-year-old girls to youth group 30 years ago. You know what that is now to me? That's back there. But it was here at the time. And when I was here at the time, I was imagining that one day I would be there, a global evangelist. Well, guess what? I'm there now. And guess where there now is? Here. You're only ever here. And what the enemy wants us to do is devalue here. Man, let's just write 2020 off. Let's just 
man, if I could just get through, if I see one more meme about getting over this year, I'm like, there's still 60 days left in this year or whatever there might be. There are still people to reach. There are still people to serve. There is still a kingdom to advance. There is still gospel work to go forward wherever we are. And I know we don't want this year again, but we're never going to have it again. And God's going to say, I entrusted you with 2020. Of all of the people that have lived in all of eternity, God has plucked us out of eternity. He has positioned us in time. He's given us gifts and talents for the purpose of serving generation, our generation. And out of all of eternity, knowing in his sovereignty what was going to happen, he thought, who is the best person that I can put on planet earth as my ambassador during that year? That's filled with my spirit that can produce the fruit of the spirit in that year. That can be salt and light in the midst of darkness. And he found you, plucked you out of eternity, positioned you in time. Filled you with his spirit. Sent us into a lost and a broken world. And said, now would you be ambassadors for my kingdom? Oh, I'm not just looking for this year to be over. I'm looking to maximize every moment in my here right now. To see what is it that God could do in and through my life in this moment. Imagine the glory God could get through us chicks. If we actually woke up to who we were. If we just didn't fall victim to the spirit of this age and just walk in defeat and negativity and disappointment and disillusionment, we're seven months in. We're seven months in. And there is going to be a different world that we're walking into. Awesome. But guess who's with us in the midst of it? Jesus. Guess where he is? Here. Guess where he wants us to work? Here. Now. So perhaps it's time to change our narrative. And instead of looking at this year as an interruption to our flourishing, Perhaps the pruning that has happened this year is going to enhance our flourishing. It's going to cause us to grow and be conformed and transformed more and more into the image of God. I'm not looking at this as an interruption year. I'm looking at this as a pruning year. And the fact is, listen, in the kingdom of God, you could have gone back. Christine, I was bearing awesome fruit. But, you know, in the Bible, you're pruned if you bear good fruit. You're pruned if you don't. Pruned if you do. Pruned if you don't. You're pruned. So that's just the way that it is in the kingdom. So that we would continue to bear even more fruit. So I'm seeing this as a fruitful year. I'm seeing this as a seed-bearing year. Things that have been cut off have needed to be cut off. If they didn't need to be cut off, God would still leave them in my life. But the fact that they've been allowed to leave my life in whatever area means that what God has for me is greater. What God wants to grow through me is greater. So some things needed pruning in 2020. But I'm here to tell you that this unlikely place, the soil of 2020, is the very place that God is ready to do a miracle. You don't have to wait till 2021. Right now, right here, your God is at work. The scripture is still true. Psalm 119 says that our God is good, that our God does good. Romans 8.28 says that our God will work all things together for our good and for his glory. I want you to know not everything that has happened this year has been good. It definitely has not. But our God is able to work all those things together for our good and for his glory. It's what God does. So he picks a highly unlikely place. You know, we got the peril, this peril of like, if man, if only, if only this happened, if when, if when. And we negate this whole life that God has given us. 
because we're wishing for another life that we don't have. So rather than finding God in the moment where we are, it's like, man, if I was only married, or if I was only had a bigger house, or if I only had a better job, or if I only was in a different season, and we end up wasting this very place where God wants to provide for us, God wants to meet us, God wants to do extraordinary things through us, and it's always in unlikely places. I mean, I could go on and on. I could just live here all night. I could tell you from starting it, speaking in youth groups in the back of Sydney, Australia, in the back of country towns, 10 kids, 15 kids. But I tell you, I thought I'd arrive then. I didn't think it got any better. No more than what I do now. Because the same God was with me in that gathering. And that is with me right here in this place right now. That's with me in any arena that I'm ever at. When we started A21, when I was in the back of Thessaloniki, Greece, did I know there would be 22 offices, 18 countries doing what we're doing? Just like, did we know when we started and planted this church that there'd be 300 watch parties at a flourish night? No. But we're as passionate with the one as we are with all of this. The fact is you only ever have here, and the greatest gift is in whatever here moment we have, the presence of God is with us. He says, how do I know that? Because in the scripture he says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. His presence comes with us. Even at the outset of this year, I said to our team, like, I'm like Moses in Exodus. Like, God, wherever you are, that's where I'm going. And you haven't forsaken 2020. Therefore, you're in it. So I'm in it with you. And I want you to use me in the midst of it. And so I wonder whether you would choose in the unlikely place that you're in right now. I don't know what your job situation's like, what your relationship situation's like, what your family situation's like, what your heart or your emotions are like. But I do want to tell you, whatever that soil is, that's where God wants to begin to work. Because he can never work anywhere other than where you are. That's where it all begins, and he will do that through there. So, so God sends the prophet not only to an unlikely place, but he sends him to this unlikely person. I mean, truly, he sends him to a non-believing Gentile woman in the midst of a famine. I mean, seriously, I'm sure that Elijah was thinking like, is Bill Gates an option? Is there maybe somewhere else that I can go? And it's so interesting both on being on the receiving end of it and being on the person that has to do something. The widow would never have thought that God had chosen her, but the text specifically says, I have commanded a widow. I wonder how many of us girls have not listened to what God has commanded us to do because we have thought we don't have enough to give anyone. So we think, you know what? I don't have enough to give. I'm not in the right position right now. I'm not emotionally well enough to be able to speak life to somebody else or to speak hope or, you know, I've got so little resource. I don't really have enough resource to give to anyone else. And I wonder how often we miss a blessing because we think we don't have anything to give when God has actually commanded us to give, whether it's our time or our talent or our treasure, or we allow everybody else to disqualify us from giving because we don't fit into a nice little category that says, well, you've got enough of this or you've got an overflow of this. Do you know it's interesting? We're going to find that the Lord commanded her to give out of her lack. Now, this would not look really good on CNN. Prophet comes to town and widow gives her last bit of oil and water. And the fact of the matter is, though, the Lord had commanded her. I wonder what the Lord commands us and how much the Lord commands us to do and we just don't do. Because we just think, you know what, I I don't, man, I just haven't got it now. 
Chris, 2020 has been a really hard year. It's been a really hard year emotionally. It's been really hard year relationally. And you want me to serve? You want me to give? You want me to speak a word of encouragement to someone? What What do you mean give? Man, I'm just like barely making it. And that's who the Lord sent Elijah to. Remember I told you girls, sends us to highly unlikely people and we are often the highly unlikely people that he sends others to. He sends others to us and we disqualify ourselves because we look at what I don't have. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not resourced enough. I'm not educated enough. That's what we chicks do really well. The list of 20 things that I'm not. And God's like, I never really was asking what you're not. Because it's not really about what you're not. It's about who God is. And that is the whole point of this. And that is the whole point of Christianity at the end of the day. We spend so much of our lives as girls telling God why we can't flourish. Because, man, we just didn't go to the right school. Or we've messed up so bad. Or we just didn't have the best start. Or this happened. Or I didn't have this. And I didn't have that. And I'm not this. And I'm not that. And God's like, would you stop talking about yourself? I know what you're not. And I know what you are. I remember when we started A21. And I had this sense that we were supposed to start. And I remember having this conversation with God. But God, but God, I'm like a woman. But God, I live in Australia. That's so far from Greece. But God, I I don't have a spare $10 million to start an anti-trafficking organization. You know, but God, the Greek government's really corrupt. But God, the church is really embryonic in this part of the world. And I'm just like, but God, you know, this is like Russian and Albanian mafia. They kill people. And so like, I'm like, but God, but God. And you imagine like God in heaven going, oh my, how me? Oh, and me? I just don't know. Like, imagine he's turning to Peter going, really, Peter? Did you know that Chris was a woman? Why didn't someone tell me? Bartholomew, did you know that Chris lived in Australia? And this is great. I don't know. Where is Australia compared to Chris? Someone bring me a GPS. Someone, I'm just really rusty on my earth geography. Oh, my. Oh, no. Do you know it was going to cost her all of those millions of dollars? I don't know. What am I going to do? Are we, are, we, are we having a fun shortage up here in heaven? Do we need to maybe get one of these gold pavers and just like dig it up or something? I don't know. What are we going to do? Like how is the stock market up here in heaven? How are we going to pay for this? This is how we treat God. This is how we, we actually treat like, but, but God. But God. But, but, but. You know what we need, girls, to flourish? We need a butectomy. That's what we need. We need to get our big butts out of God's face. We just need to have a butt reduction. How many are going to sign up with me right now? This is going to be the message of Flourish, that we're going to have a butt reduction. We've got to stop with all our butts if we're going to flourish. But God, but God, it's 2020. But God, I've got, I lost my job. But, 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 but. Sounds so pious, doesn't it? Sounds so holy. Sounds so humble. But actually the root of that is pride, not humility. Because what you're saying to God is that my limitations are greater than your supernatural ability to do something in and through my life. Oh, it reeks of humility, but it's full of pride. So I'm wondering today, girls, whether we would dare to be women of God that would flourish because we know who God is and we know who we are. That we have a right view of who we are. We are daughters of the King. We have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Do you know you and I are actually seated in heavenly places. We're seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. 
So here's what I'm here to tell you. You can't get any higher than you are. So really, we just need to stop the competition game. We need to stop the comparison game because we're all about as high as we're ever going to get. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father. So we're about as high as we are ever going to get. There is only one place when we get a revelation of who we are in Christ, a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, daughters of the King, having access to every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, know where we are seated. There's only one place we can go from there, and that's down. And that's why God sent us to this earth, so that you and I can reach into a lost and a broken world. We who seem to be the most unlikely people on earth because we are so aware of our failings and our shortcomings and our limitations here on this side of eternity, but it's never been about that. It's about who he is and what he wants to do through you. 300 watch parties all over the world. If one of you gets this, if one of you understands that God wants to use you in your highly unlikely location, as highly unlikely as you are, it's who God has always used to do extraordinary things. And so the fact is that she doesn't sound like the greatest candidate for provision, and you might not either. You know, we've got an incredible opportunity in just a few weeks to be part of a miracle in this house as we have our Spitfire Fund. Is that right? It's coming up. And it's so amazing when those opportunities come around. How many of us just think, well, that's for somebody else? And this widow... Gentile widow could have thought the same thing, but God was setting her up for a miracle. God had commanded her. It didn't make any sense in the natural. But God was preparing her for a supernatural miracle that you're going to see. And right here, he goes to a widow and he says, I want to include you in on this awesome adventure as well. I don't want to exclude anyone. I know you think you're highly unlikely, but you're about to get a return on your investment that you never even imagined. I don't want you to miss it. That's why God invites us all into this. It's, this is not for the Navy SEALs of the Christian church, man. It's just the Chris Canes. It's just, no, it's for all of us. And many of you forget that I was the most highly unlikely person. I was the kid that was left in a hospital, unnamed and unwanted. I was the kid that was sexually abused for 12 years. My birth certificate does not have a name on it. I grew up in the poorest zip code in my state, the third poorest zip code in all of Australia, in immigrant housing funded by the government, I was the least likely. And look, by the grace of God, what he's done. Almost 25 years married to an incredible man, two beautiful teenage daughters by God's grace, a global anti-trafficking organization, a, a women's movement in 90 countries around the world with 4,000 chapters, a, a daily television program reaching millions of people every week. I was a highly unlikely person in a highly unlikely place in the back of nowhere that God asked to do some highly unlikely things and there is a highly unlikely result that comes from that. You don't wait to flourish until you are in your perceived perfect environment to flourish, God says right where you are. That's the seed for a miracle. That's the ground for a miracle. Right where you are in 2020, over 300 locations watching this, thousands of women watching this, wherever you are, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you wherever you are. God has always used highly unlikely chicks in highly unlikely places given them highly unlikely assignments that don't make sense in the natural 
and yielded a highly unlikely result. And he wants to do that through your life. So he goes on. And I love this, so I've got it over here. I'm gonna, I just need a helper. Come on, honey, because I want the people to see how good looking you are. This is the most ravishing piece of masculine flesh. If you just bring it right here. Y'all, I want you to see this. Come here. Look into that camera with the light. Wave to everyone. Did you wave? He's being rebellious. Okay. So this is what, this is what um, the prophet says. He goes, I want you to bring me a piece of bread. So she answers, and this is what we do. I don't have any. <laughs> I don't have any. Isn't that just like us? With I can't do that. I can't sing. I can't do this. I, uh, your pastor's going to get up and, and talk about the spitfire fight. We're going to go, but I don't have any. That's the natural response we all have. I don't have any. And yet this is what she says. This cracks me up. All she sees is what she doesn't have. You'll never flourish if you only ever see what you don't have. Because see, the ingredients for a miracle are always in our midst, but most of us never notice it. And God cannot multiply what you do not recognize. So I see my assignment tonight is to get you to identify the ingredients of the miracle that are in your midst because they're there. She goes, I don't have any. She goes, I've only got a handful of flour. That's all I've got. <laughs> I've only, that's us. I don't have any. I've only got the, I've only got. And she goes, and I've only got a little bit of oil in a jug. Just, that's all I've got. And we know she had water because remember she went to get him a glass of water. Now look, I'm not going to win the great British baking show, whatever it's called. I'm not, I'm not going to get a place on that. I don't know much about cooking, but I do know that to make some bread, you just need a little bit of oil. You just need a little bit of flour. And you just need a little bit of water. You see, she goes, I don't have any. And yet she had the ingredients for the miracle in her hand the whole time. I wonder, as you're thinking that God can't use you, I wonder what ingredients that you've got that are actually together going to make what you need. But you haven't been able to see it because all you have looked at is, I don't have the end result. And God goes, I know. I didn't give you the end result. I gave you a handful of flour. I gave you a little bit of oil and I put some water in the mix. And if you would just work what I've given you where you are in that unlikely place, you're going to see that I've given you actually exactly what you need to flourish in that place where you are right now. You all can take that. She goes, I've only got that. And I love the way that the prophet basically ignores her. <laughs> and he says, don't be afraid because that's the root of everything. In 2020, that is what the enemy has unleashed across the earth, a spirit of fear. He understood that what was her issue was fear. He said to her, I don't want you to be afraid at all because fear cripples us and fear paralyzes us and fear immobilizes us. What fear does is it causes us to hold on to things when we should let go of things. It causes us to step back instead of going forward. It causes us to shrink 
and not to flourish. That's what fear does. Fear keeps you up at night. And many of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about through 2020. Fear, fear torments you. Fear causes you to obsessively ruminate nonstop. Some of you have not slept the night through in months. And it's a spirit of fear that has been unleashed. And I want you to understand that according to the scripture, God has said, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. And I am believing that there are many, many of you on the other side of the screen that you are after this message that the Holy Spirit is going to meet you right where you are and give you a sound mind and give you peace and give you, and tonight for many of you, it's going to be the first night that you're going to sleep through in many, many months. And you're going to know the peace of God and you're going to know the love of God and you're right where you are right where you are, on the edge of the possibly most important week of this nation's history, certainly in modern times. I believe God's going to give you a supernatural peace, unlikely place. Yep. You mean, Christine, in this next week we can have peace? Yes. Our marriages can flourish. We don't have to fight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying to you. You can know joy. You can know peace. You can bring peace into your home. For those of you that are married with children, you can bring peace. You can change the temperature of the environment where you live. We don't have to buy into the narrative of this world. This week, in a very unlikely place, you and I can be used by God to produce, this is what flourishing is, to produce the fruit of the Spirit of God in a very chaotic and divided world where people are suffering and there's pain and there's so much fear but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. See, what a lot of us do is we don't give what we have, not because we don't have it to give, but because we fear what we won't have if we give it. That's what a lot of us do because our view of God is so small. <laughs> That's what she feared. She, she feared if I, if I give it. And this is how ridiculous it is in terms of eternity. If I give it to the prophet, well, then I'm not going to have it. And what I'm planning to do with it is just cook it and eat it and die. See, if we hang on to it, well, what do we got? Like, what, is it going to pay your mortgage off? Is it going to, this is how nonsensical it is. But we hang on for fear. I'm going to hang on to that bitterness. I'm going to hang on to that unforgiveness. Because what will I lose if I give it? And God's like, man, would you trust me? So he says to her, but, but first... The issue here, and what's at stake for all of us right now, girls, when we're talking about flourishing in 2020, the, the issue is, can we dare to be obedient to God? But first, when our flesh wants to buy into the spirit of the age, and when I'm talking about flesh right now, I'm not actually even talking about immorality. I'm talking about anger and gossip and slander and bitterness and divisiveness and chaos. It's work of the flesh, the Bible says. Would we dare to obey God during this time? But first, I'm going to do what you want me to do, God. I'm going to give what you want me to give, love and joy and peace and goodness and kindness. And I'm going to give first to you of my time, of my talent, of my treasure, even in a year where fear makes me want to hang on to everything. And we're wasting our time anyway, binge-watching Netflix. We're really not growing or flourishing. That's what we're really doing. We're wasting our money anyway. We're not sowing it into the kingdom. We're wasting our resources lamenting what we've lost rather than sowing our, our talent into what's before us. 
So if we're honest, we're no different to this woman. It's just like, well, just going to get through 2020, man, and just like, metaphorically speaking, just waste it, die. And God's like, you don't have to. I'm, I'm actually wanting to turn this around for you. <laughs> I, 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 I want you to sow it, time, talent, treasure, every aspect of your life. Let me try to land this. And God delivers a very unlikely outcome. The Bible says, so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. I just want you to know that impossible. Girls, if you're wondering, Chris, how can I flourish in 2020? It's impossible. Impossible sets the stage for a miracle. Impossible is where God starts. Miracles are what God does. And so the fact is what we have to do is everything we can do in the natural so God can put His super on our natural. But if we're holding back on all of our natural, we're never going to flourish because we're not all in with God. So I wonder if the key to flourishing in 2020 is a but first God life. (laughs) Because a lot of us have pulled back since March and it's God's sort of second, third, fourth, fifth, wherever that might be. And the prophet goes, I know it doesn't make sense, naturally speaking. I know we're in a famine. We're in a pandemic. They're in a famine. I, I, I know it doesn't look like you've got anything, but you don't realize the ingredients for a miracle, the ingredients for you to flourish, they're right there, right there. And the fact of the matter is that if you and I would dare, would dare to trust God, to trust God in this hour, to say, okay, God, use me. I'm unlikely. I fit the category. I'm unlikely. Where I am, it's unlikely. I'm in the middle of Montana. I can't even pronounce where I'm at right now. Wherever you are. I mean, God, surely you'd use someone from London, New York, Paris. I mean, how do I say this place? Kalispell. Awesome. It'd be just like God to raise up a chick from Kalispell, just like God, or Jackson or wherever you are right now watching this. So yeah, highly unlikely chick, highly unlikely place. I'm going to give you a highly unlikely assignment, all in. (laughs) I don't have much. I I didn't ask for much, just what you have. I love that about God. He never asks for what we don't have, just whatever you got. Time, talent, treasure, this is how you're going to flourish. Whatever it is that you got. And guess what? When God breathes on it, he's going to have a highly unlikely result. He said, I'll just take this chick that was left in Crown Street Women's Hospital in Sydney, Australia, unnamed, unwanted, sexually abused. I I might just take her because she's highly unlikely. And back of Sydney, Australia, highly unlikely place. Highly unlikely girl. I might just ask her to give me all she is, which isn't much. And then if she sticks with it, by the time she's 54, she'll blow people away. Global anti-trafficking organization, global life. Wow. Because that's what God does. It's what he's always done. Always taken highly unlikely people in highly unlikely places, given them highly unlikely instructions and yielded a highly unlikely results. So I'm believing for every one of you girls that God is going to use you 
and through you is going to do extraordinary things in your families, in your communities, in your sphere of influence, in your profession. For those of you that sense a calling, whatever it might be, it all matters for the glory of God. We are not just going to skip through 2020. We are not going to waste this year. We are going to see God turn around this year, redeem this year, and we are going to be women of God that flourish in 2020 in Jesus' name. We're going to flourish in 2020. Friend, I, I wonder if you know this Jesus that I'm talking about tonight. Not do you know about him, but do you know him? Because he's alive. He's alive. It's this Jesus that took the life of this unnamed, unwanted, abused, adopted chick from the back of Sydney, Australia. I should have been a statistic with my background. I should have been. But I am living proof that in and through a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can start bad and finish good. Friend, Jesus Christ is the only one that gives us forgiveness for all the sins of our past, a brand new life today, and a hope for the future. This is good news in a world full of bad news, in a world full of fear and anxiety and stress and helplessness and hopelessness in a year where the world has been flattened by a disease that none of us can see. There is a God that you can't see that can see you and he loves you and he's got a plan and a purpose and a destiny for your life and I don't believe it's an accident that you're at one of our watch parties or you've logged on tonight I believe that you've done that in the divine timing, the divine plan, and the divine purpose of God. Friend, you were created by God for a relationship with God, and it's Jesus that connects us to God and Jesus that connects us to the grace of God. And tonight, wherever you are, I want to just give you the opportunity to address the spiritual condition of your heart, the opportunity to put Jesus Christ first in your life. I believe that he can turn your life around. So wherever you're sitting and whether you're by yourself watching this on Zoom, whether you're part of a watch party watching this, just for a second, just close your eyes where you are. Some of you have got two or three girls with you. And just consider yourself, not the girls around you, just yourself. Are you living for Jesus? And if you're not, and tonight you go, Chris, I want what you're talking about. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm just going to pray a prayer. And if you want, you can pray this prayer in your heart or out loud, however you feel most comfortable. You can pray this prayer to put Jesus Christ first in your life. So I'm just going to pray, and you pray this after me in your heart if you want to do that. Dear Jesus, tonight I want to say that I'm sorry, that I've been living my life my own way and ignoring you. I'm sorry that I've sinned against you. And I asked tonight that you would forgive me for all of my sins that you would give me a fresh start today and a hope for the future I want to be a Christian a follower of Jesus Christ every single day for the rest of my life in Jesus name Amen. Amen. God bless you, girls. I love you dearly. Have a great night. Thank you, Christine. Love you. Beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you. What a perfect word in this season. I just want to take a moment um, for those of you um, just to pray over you tonight. And gosh, I mean, I, I know you guys took so many notes, but gosh, impossible is where God starts. 
Miracles is what God does. And this was the stinger for me. Maybe this year wasn't an interruption year, but a pruning for a fruitful year to enhance our flourishing. Not even just flourishing, but to enhance our flourishing. And so before, in a moment, we're going to um, release you to go ahead and have a small group discussion with the girls around you. And for those of you who um, are watch, have been watching alone, we have an option for you as well. But I just wanted to take a moment and just to pray over you. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word that is powerful and living and it's able to do deep work in our hearts to change us and to transform us. Thank you, God, for your servant, Christine, who preached so boldly your truth to challenge us to see that the ingredients to the miracles that you have for us are right in front of us and that you have called us to flourish in the soil that you have us in right now. And if you're joining tonight and you're just in a place where you have heard from the Lord, where you, God has touched you in a special way, shown you, revealed a truth to you, um, opened your eyes, and you want to see that where you are is a place for flourishing. You want to see the place where you're planted, good or bad in your view, is actually beautiful and is actually right where God has you to be, right there. Would you just raise your hand wherever you are? You're saying, God, I wanna see, I wanna be aware of the fact that where I am is right where you want me to be. Lord, I pray for these who are raising their hands. Lord, fear holds us back from the flourishing that you want for us. And I pray against the fear that is crippling so many of us here tonight. I pray that they would release those fears to you that just as we have learned about prayer in, our, in the Call of the Wild series, Lord, that we would run to you first, that we would unburden our souls to you first, that we would tell you our fears, that we would communicate with you, and that you would fill those places with your peace. I pray for those ladies who are discouraged. I pray that you would encourage, that you would bring courage back to their hearts. I pray for those who have been in a place of, of just writing off this year and who have been in a place where um, they have seen this year as an interruption to, to regular life. And I pray right now that we would draw this line in the sand, that we would step through knowing that we have a few months left, a few days left of this year. And like Christine said, to make the most out of it. Because I believe, like Christine said, that this is a year of pruning. 
and a year of strengthening and a year of growth, whether we can see it or not. And I thank you, God, that your ways are higher than ours and that we can't see the big picture, but that we can trust you with our lives. So I pray for each and every woman, each and every lady, each and every girl. I pray for a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit. And now as we head into a time of just discussion and talking about the things that you've taught us, Lord, that there would be a vulnerability and that there would be a willingness to share the difficulty and the, the heartache and even the good things too, Lord, that we would open up to each other because there's strength that happens when we're vulnerable. Vulnerability creates intimacy. God, help us. We thank you, God, for this night. In Jesus' name, amen.